Hey there, this is Vicki Arsenault and you're listening to another episode of Faithing Your Fears. Well, I hope that you have had an amazing week since the last episode of this podcast. Today, I wanted to share with you on the topic of shame, because shame can keep us from fulfilling the plans that God has for our lives because we're just too embarrassed, right? It goes very well along with fear. Well, I wanted to start by just going back a little bit to visit the story of Adam and Eve because this is where it all started. And I'm going to just highlight a few of the passages in the story and then I'm going to talk to you about how that's going to relate to you and your life right now. So just hang with me. So first of all, we want to talk about Adam and Eve and how God had created them and they're in the Garden of Eden. Now this garden is fantastic. There's like everything that you could need. They had no concerns in the world because everything was taken care of for them. God had done everything. This is the paradise that most of us would love to have, right? You you work every day, you're saving money for retirement, you're, you're doing all of these things, you're just trying to create some sort of peaceful life for yourself. You go on vacation so you can just have a, a week of paradise where you don't have to think about anything, right? You just get to enjoy the beach or skiing or whatever your paradise is. Well, Adam and Eve already lived in that. They didn't have to deal with anything negative at all. Isn't that the coolest? <laughs> But then, well, first, let me just tell you. So in um, Genesis uh, 2.27, it says that Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Okay, so that's where we're, where we're at in Eden right now. No shame anywhere. And then along comes chapter 3. And if you know the story at all, <laughs> you know where this is going. And this, literally, you could do probably... 20 million episodes on just chapter three alone. But anyway, um, okay, so what happens is the serpent comes in and starts chatting in Eve's ear, right? And he's like, hey, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? So already he's messing it up, right? Because did God say you, you shouldn't eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? That's not what God said at all, right? So he already took that and twisted it. So Eve says, well, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you shouldn't eat it or even touch it because if you do, you'll die. And then the serpent's like, you won't die. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now, first of all, this is implying that God is withholding something from Eve and from Adam. And that thought alone is what I believe is like the temptation. It's like, wait a minute, God's holding out on me? What? Maybe now that tree's starting to look a little more interesting to me because before I just kind of was like, oh, it's just there and I'm just not going to touch it. But now that you're saying that, Maybe God's holding out on me. I, I don't know. Maybe I want to look at this a little deeper. So anyway, 
she's convinced and she saw that the tree was beautiful now right now all the trees look the same now this tree is beautiful um and the fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her now she already had everything she was not lacking anything but now she wants the wisdom it would give her because she wants to be like God. So she took some of the fruit and ate it and then get this. I don't know if you ever noticed this before, but it says right here. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. So he was there the whole time. So sometimes like over the years I've heard this story and they're always like, oh, you know, Eve ate the fruit and then she gave some to Adam and he ate it. Um, he was there. He was right there. Yeah, she handed it to him, but he was right there. And he was the one that was told by God, don't eat anything. And then he passed that word on to Eve. So Eve knew what she was supposed to do. Adam knew what he um, was supposed to do. Avoid that tree. And yet he took that from his wife. So <laughs> whole nother episode on that. I'm just saying. Anyway. So at that moment, so this is verse seven, at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Now, here's the thing. Before that, they didn't know shame. Now, all of a sudden, yes, they do know good and evil. They now feel shame and they realize they're looking at each other and each other's naked. I don't know why that was scary, but anyway, it was. Um, so their eyes are open. Have you ever had that moment in life where your eyes were opened? Maybe it was the first time you had alcohol and you were underage and you were like, oh, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You know, like, this is bad. I feel like I'm doing something bad. It's like you, you feel the change in yourself. You feel at that moment like you're becoming a different person because you know you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Or that first time that you slept with that boy or that girl um, and you weren't married. That first time that happens, you feel like you have crossed a line and you feel like, oh man, I'm not the same person I was yesterday. It's like this whole different level opens up in you. You know what I mean? It's like there are different things and maybe you stole something in your life. I mean, I don't know what the thing is, but whatever may have happened in your life, you knew at that very minute life had changed for you and you were a different person. And that's where it started. Back in the Garden of Eden, this started. This feeling of shame and guilt. So it goes on to say that when the cool evening Breezes were blowing. The man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden, right? So God was walking with them in this garden. He wasn't like up in the sky somewhere just kind of watching. He was with them in the garden. And so they hid. And then the Lord God called out to them, where are you? Now, of course, he knows where they are. I mean, like I've, I've parented my child I know when she's done something, I'm asking to see if she's going to tell me the truth, right? When she was little and it was just the two of us living together and the milk got spilt on the rug and I know I didn't drink any milk. 
so there's only one other person that could have spilled the milk right but when I ask her hey did you spill the milk on the floor um no are you sure you didn't spill the milk nope I didn't do it well how do you think it got there I don't know hmm that's interesting because I haven't had any milk today but you were drinking milk you know, I mean, so the parent knows, right? <laughs> the parent knows, and you're just trying to get the kid to own it, right? Because you, not because you want to shame them, because you want them to be honest. Like that builds your relationship when you're honest. So anyway, God says, where are you? And Adam replies, well, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And God is like, who told you you were naked? Who told you? So who was it that told you that you were not good enough? Who was it that told you you did something so bad that it's not forgivable? Who was it that told you you couldn't do this or you couldn't do that, that you're not capable? Who told you that? Because that's not yours. That's not truth. So God says, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? So now he knows they did. He knows they did because he knows already that he's naked and he's hiding and he's ashamed. And so what does he reply? Adam replies, well, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. Okay, well, he was standing there at the same time that the serpent was talking to Eve. <laughs> Just saying. But anyway, so he blames Eve. But then at the end, at least he says, she gave it to me and I ate it. Okay. So God says to the woman, what have you done? And she says, well, the serpent deceived me. That's why I ate it. So they both kind of confess that they ate it after blaming someone else for giving it to them. So it's about this point that God starts saying, oh, okay. And he starts giving out the consequences. Like, all right, you, you're going to be on the ground crawling around and there's going to be trouble for you. Then he says to Eve, like, hey, you know what? Childbearing is going to just be awful for you. Sorry. And then okay, Vicky version. <laughs> and then um, to Adam, he's like, hey, you're going to have to work. You are going to be working the ground and it's, it's going to be difficult. Like all this time, like none of these things existed in their life. But now this is it. Now, God wasn't saying that because he's like, that's it. Like I said, he's not like, you're banished. That's it. You're in trouble. Out of here. You get out of here. No, God was not like that at all. They had to have consequences for their actions. But then here's the cool part, you guys. In verse 21. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Now they were wearing fig leaves, right? Fig leaves. God made them clothing from animal skins because now they're probably going to feel cold sometimes. Now they've got to be a little more protected than what a fig leaf is going to be able to do to them. Like God lovingly provided for them even after they disobeyed him. Even after they uh, lied and blamed each other. He gave them the consequences for their actions. And then he loved them and gave them clothing. Just think about that for a second. You are so loved 
that God, even though you may have some consequences for your actions, it's just consequences. It's not necessarily punishment. I mean, it is punishment in one way. I mean, you get consequences. My daughter got consequences when she did things wrong. You know, whether she lost her phone or lost the privilege of having friends over or lost a privilege of having TV, right? These, Adam and Eve, they were privileged. And they traded the privilege for knowledge that actually didn't help them at all. And now God said, you know what? Here, let me take care of you. And not only that, of course, you know, eventually Jesus comes to save everybody. So here's how I want you to relate this to your life. Who told you that you weren't good enough? The definition of shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. It could be a loss of respect or esteem. That's the thing that most of us are trying to avoid, right? When we, when we set out to try new things, this is what we want to avoid. We don't want to feel shame. We don't want that painful feeling of humiliation. <laughs> no one wants that, right? But who is the first one that told you? Who is... When was that first time you felt that feeling of humiliation or that you had done something wrong? Who or what, what circumstance in your life gave you that consciousness of you being good or evil? I want you to know that regardless, you are loved God is always going to be a provider for you, no matter what. I may talk about this a little bit more next week because this feeling of shame, like this is deeply rooted in every single person. Those thoughts that come whispering in your ear sometimes, really? Do you really think that you can do that? Who are you? Who are you to do that? Those, those negative thoughts that are questioning you like that, that's just like the serpent in the garden. Who are you? Did God really tell you to go do that? What? Are you sure? Like, you know, those, those thoughts that are in your head, they're speaking to you. Like, that's the only way that the enemy can get at you is through your thought life, right? That's how he can get to you. Make you doubt. Make you feel like, oh man, if you do that, you're going to be so embarrassed. What if that fails? Man, how are people going to look at you? That's going to be humiliating, right? All these accusatory, negative, terrible things. Guess what? Those don't belong to you. And here's what I want to also encourage you with is Romans 8, 3. That therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are no longer condemned. That means you no longer have to live in a place of shame. You don't have to run from God. You don't have to run from embarrassment. You don't have to run from anything anymore. In fact, what is more ideal is that when those things happen, you run to God. Don't try to run away because just like when my daughter had done things wrong when she was little, 
don't want her to run and hide from me. I wanted her to come to me and let's talk about this. I always told her, don't lie to me. For one, if I'm asking you something, I probably probably already know the answer. So don't lie to me. And the second thing is, when you do something, come to me. Let's talk this over because you're going to have far less consequences from me if you tell me the truth than if you lie to me. And so I want you to know that when that thing happens, you do something that's humiliating, you do something that you just want to hide. Maybe you said some words to a coworker or to your spouse or to your parent or whatever. You said something and you were just like, oh, I just feel awful about that. The best thing to do is to go to them and apologize. Own it. And don't say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but. I'm sorry, but you did this. No, the second you say, but, you just erased your apology. You just own it. Because the second you own it and you take responsibility, you are free. There is no condemnation. You don't have to live in that place of shame when you accept responsibility. You know what? I've tried so many different business ideas and stuff, and I've done different things, led different groups at churches and stuff. And guess what? Sometimes stuff doesn't work out. And sometimes you do something that's really embarrassing, and you just want the floor to open up and swallow you whole right and that you just you just don't want to even face this anymore but the best thing you can do in those situations is face it head on that is the way to kill shame that is the way to just take that root and pull it out a little bit more every single time right every time because it's going to keep growing back like a weed right it's going to keep trying to get you but you're going to keep pulling at it by by facing it by saying God, I messed up and I, I am very disappointed in myself, but I want to come to you anyway and tell you what I did because I don't want anything to come between us. Even though all I want to do is go put on some fig leaves and hide in the trees somewhere. Instead, I'm going to come out and face you and own it. And when you can do that in your life, you own it. You take full responsibility. You do not blame another person for what you did, then you, my friend, are going to be set free. I don't want to, I don't want you to miss out on that opportunity. Shame is going to rob you of your joy. Shame is going to rob you of peace. Shame is going to rob you of feeling confident about yourself. And it's hard. It's hard to stand up and say, I made a mistake. But that is the actual key to your freedom. So for now, I'm going to stop on that note. And maybe we're going to visit this a little bit more next week because I'm fired up about it because I just don't want anybody being stuck in that place. So, okay. I've got my arms flailing everywhere. You can't see me, but I am talking with my hands and they're just flailing around everywhere. So (laughs) I'm going to hit stop on this week's episode, but um, I hope that you'll tune in next week. And I hope that if you got something from this episode that you'll just shoot me a message. Shoot me a message. Coach Vicki Arsenault. Oh, sorry. Coach at vickyarsenault.com if I can remember my own email address coach at vickyarsenault.com is my email or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram 
um, and leave me a DM there because I would really love to hear if this has offered you any sort of um, freedom because my friend, that is going to be just the beginning of some amazing things in your life. So thank you for joining me this week. I hope to see you on social media. Um, if not, I will see you next week. Same time, same place. All right. Talk to you soon. Have a great week. Bye.